Okay, here we go. We are holding... Okay, so we are holding Lamed Hay on the bottom. Vakach. So whenever we have a Vakach, we know that we are now going into the Avoda. So up until now, we have been discussing uh, g- really general life situations more than anything else. Um, and basically explaining how in these general life situations, how the Mayach right, uh, gives birth to the Midos and grows the midos, and we talked about the idea of going deeper, going uh, right louder, uh, uh, going in all different directions. We brought four different different points over there. So now we're going to see the same thing in terms of the avoda. There's basically three different nakudas that we're going to be discussing over these pages. First one is how um, the, the mayach is affecting the midos, really growing the midos in terms of regular human situations. So we talked about the idea of a wedding, we talked about the idea of a war, we talked about the, uh, you know, different for interpersonal discussions. The second point that we're going to be discussing now is going to be more along the lines of Avodah Hashem. Okay, and we're going to see how in Avodah Hashem we're going to see the exact same scenario. And then finally we're going to have a third point, which is a really fascinating point, uh, which is in about a page from now or so, which is going to be how uh, we see the same exact thing in terms of Neshamas and Gan Eden. Why that is, hard to understand, but uh, nevertheless, that's what we're going to see. Oh, Baruch Hashem, Teva's here. Now we can start. Bo, yep, now we can start. I was just uh, wasting time there for Teva to come, right? Chas v'shalom, chas v'chalila. V'kachu v'avoyde shebalev v'av v'yiratibim. Here we go. We see that the same idea is seen in terms of Versions of Odisha Belev, which obviously is the idea of davening. We've seen that already a lot of times this year. Both with regards to Ava and with regards to Yira. TV. Okay, so this is a very important point. Keyword I would say there is rock. Rock, rock, rock. So that we have to understand what we need to use in order to create, to create these emotions. In other words, there's no other way around it. Or, or that, or maybe some other way, you know, some, you know, whatever other way that you're going to try to use. What he's essentially saying here is it doesn't really work. What you need really is to think. When you think about it, when you, when you spend your time uh, thinking through an idea, so that is what's going to bring you to the emotions that you're really looking for. There's no quick way out of it. There's no easy way. There's no, there's no shortcuts here. So yes. No, what it means is that, I know there's none left, uh, but it means is because you didn't take a cold shower this morning, that's the problem, Isaac. Unless the coffee is getting it a lot. I don't know, or this or not, but maybe, maybe not. Um, what it means is that there's a piece of information that you're going to be misboining on. Obviously, it's talking about one of the, uh, you know, one of the meditations that we've spoken about already. And, oh, by the way, just as a side point, I did start posting 
the new mimer for those people that are finished with um, the Rebbe's mimer. We started. I put up on the uh, I put up on the podcast uh, Shuvi Yisrael from Renat. So Shuvi Yisrael from Renat is one of the uh, one of the times in, that the Rebbe Rashab actually went through an entire meditation of what to think. Think one point one step one step two step three step four step five step six like just like that. Okay, so that's very valuable um, information. So uh, you can find it on the podcast, and hopefully find it. It's the third mimer in uh, Tough Reish Nun Tess. Um, if we can get someone to copy it, that would be great. If not, um, I guess you guys can share the books or whatever. Uh, that would be also great. Yeah? I remember the Shiorim for Mithler River's mimer. It didn't finish the mimer. It's true. It doesn't. The mimer is about 60 pages, and we did not do all 60 pages. I just did a, a chunk of it. Right. But you could feel free to finish the mimer if you want. It's not a, there's no there's no rules against that. Okay, so back to what we're saying here. So it's dafka coming from the seichel, right, and through being misbeinin, right, on the concept. What is he saying here? What's going on? According to the level of your meditation, the level of meditation, how like I guess big your mind is is going to be. How much you have the immersion? True, but there's a very key point here that we're, that you're glossing over. What? Binasa. Well, I think that there's something deeper. No, I think there's something more. Amakas hadas. Remember, we're constantly talking about das throughout this whole last two maimaram. We've been talking about das. Das is the idea of concentration, of focus. Based on, and we know that, like we keep on bringing out this point that the das is this is the key to the emotions, right? So based on how much you're able to remain focused and how deep you go in your focus of whatever the concept is that you're thinking about, that is going to have a greater impact on growing the emotions, right? That's where it's all at. The more you're going to think about that, this is relevant to me. This is important to me. This is this is what I need to know. This is, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. So what's going to happen is that you are going to you're going to, like, really, really connect to it. And when the more you connect to it, so then that's what's going to happen is that it's going to develop these emotions. Remember what we talked about before. Whatever you think about, it's one thing. But if you're thinking and you go from, you could also go and you could put your mind on something else very quickly. What was an example of that that we brought in the mimer? With a child, that's one example. But I don't know if the child is really doing it on purpose. But that's true. That's what we see where we see it. But what about an, an adult? You have something right next to him. Even if he has something right next to him. Something he has a tie before. Right, right. Something he has a tie before. But we brought a Rambam. What did the Rambam say? The war. If the war. That's right. Going to war. Crazy concept, right? Yeah. That here, the war is right in front of his eyes. And he could take his mind and put it onto something else and not be scared, which is, a, which is I mean, I don't even understand how that could possibly be. But nevertheless, the Rambam says that's a mitzvah, right? That's an incredible thought. I mean, to, I mean we've all been scared one time or another in our lives, nothing necessarily compared to being at war. It's very, very hard to remove your mind from whatever that thing is. Right? But here he's saying that you could actually remove your mind from it and you could focus in on something else and that will not enable you to actually experience that fear, which is wild. 
I mean, that, that is just absolutely, you know, that is such important information, if you think about it. I mean, that you could apply to anything, right? So we always are, you know, being confronted with all different types of curveballs that Hashem sends at us. And the question is, you know, what do I do with that information? What do I do with that thought? What do I do with that? And then moving away from it and, and, and actually using your das to focus in on something else. That's very, very special, right? Like he says, right? And then a couple of lines later, it says, this is the famous name of that meditation. And I told you that there's different names for different meditations. This is what we would say is, in, on the one hand, it's the lowest level meditation, on the one hand, but it's the most real. It's the most real meditation that we could all experience, Right? It says, it talks about it, in, right, in the end of the book of Devarim, right, that Hashem says, I placed in front of you life and good, death and evil, and you're supposed to choose life, right? So when a person realizes and how he puts that into practice, which means, and we'll see this exact meditation actually in, um, you know, in Renat, in Shuva Yisrael, it brings it out a little bit more clearly in Achash Alti and Eter, but which we were learning the other night, if, for those people that were here when we were learning Acha Shalti. But the point is that the point is that when you let, recognize that Hashem is my whole life, Hashem is my life. You'll see it. You'll see it in Shuvah Yisrael. Shuvah Yisrael in the second and the third page, he already starts discussing this exact idea that if Hashem is my life, second right, if Hashem is my life, so then that is that is something that I want. I want life. I want what's good for me. I want, this is what I want, right? So that's the idea. And the Bechira, the choice that I'm making is based on my Seichel, right? So uh, there is a bumper sticker that says, you know, God is good. That's true. But that bumper sticker is not going to do that much for me, right? I need information. I need intellect. I need something to really think about, right? If it's just a one-liner, it's not going to affect me. Sure, it might be like, wow, that was great, that was so cool, that was, you know, whatever. But it's not, it, it's not a real impact. The real impact comes when I start to think through the meditation, going through it, point after point. Yeah? Like it says, with Chachma, you'll be pure, you'll mahura. Clear? Yeah? Namely, through thinking about it, through grasping. Hasaga. Hasaga means to reach towards something. I'm trying to really understand it. It's not enough for me to say that God is good. That's the truth. Of course, God is good. But it's not enough. It's not going to really impact me. Right? But when I start to struggle in my mind and think about it and think about what does it mean? How does God impact me? What does God have to do with me? What do I have to do with God? What do I, what is, what is it? And start thinking through the actual process. So then all of a sudden it becomes real. It becomes something that is tangible in my own mind. And once it becomes tangible in my own mind, <coughs> that's when the emotions start to kick in. Right? You recognize that, you know, this is something that's going to be good for me. This is something that's going to be bad for me, right? And the more you think about it, the more it becomes real by the person. 
the more it becomes internalized, <coughs> excuse me, the more it becomes internalized, and then it becomes part of his life. And then all of a sudden, he starts feeling the emotions. He starts feeling that, wow, you know, I really want to, you know, etc. So he says on the on the surface, what's the Indian of this choice and this uh, this bariru? Uh, literally refinement, but like here it means the realization. Okay, so what's the question here? No, Zachariah, what's the question here? I'm saying, what's the Indian of this choice and bariru? I don't know what that means. Is that refinement, refinement, clarification, clarity. clarity. What's going on? What's his question? No, who wants to answer it? So, give someone else. The Nefesh already knows what's good. So why do you have to go through this meditation and uh, and choice? Exactly, exactly. What the Nefesh Alakis wants uh, wants Monday night football. The Nefesh Alakis is not interested in Monday night football. But why right? is it even a question? Of course, we're not dealing with the Nefesh Alakis. So we have to understand, why do we even need it, though? Why do we need it? If we have that naturally inside of ourselves, that's our teva, so to speak. So then why, what? (coughs) (coughs) So let's understand. Just like the nefesh of Bahamias has natural midos, Right? To want to love things that are, the Gashmi is something that's good for me. Right? I love this thing. It's delicious. It's so delicious. It makes me feel so good. And this is so scary. I want to get away from it. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Right? This is scary for me. I don't want this. Right? Come okay. Yesh Teva told us, on the same, from the same perspective, the Nefesh Elokis has it naturally inside of myself. I love God. Why? Because I love my life and, my, and what's good for me. And I recognize that it's in my best interest to go after God. Why would I want anything else? doesn't make any sense. That's from the Nefesh Elokis? As the Nefesh Elokis. Shehu Kirvas Elokim. He wants to be close to Hashem. Right? By being close to Hashem, right, I have more life. Right, like it says in, Sh- in Shuvah Yisrael, that the, the Malachim are able to live a longer life because they have uh, Yiras Hashem. They're Bittel to Elokus. That's what it talks about over there. You didn't get to that page yet? You got to that page? You did. Last uh-huh. right? They don't have free choice. But that's what makes them, that makes them live longer, right? It says over there, if Adam or Rishon wouldn't have had, right, they wouldn't have had the situation in the, uh, in the garden, it would have been a similar idea. It would have been totally bitter to Elokus, and we would have just been experiencing the highest, right? Like it says. Have a lifespan? Uh, apparently so. <laughs> I don't know exa- exactly what happens to them after the lifespan, but whatever. And to recognize, that, and that's what a tzaddik does recognize, is that this thing is klipa. If this thing is klipa, this is dangerous. I don't have anything to do with this. Just like a person would run away from eating poison, <clears throat> in the same way, Nefesh is going to run away from something that's klipa. I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. That's crazy. I would never do that. Right? That's the idea. 
just like we see a marshal from this, that his son wants his father, loves his father, wants to be close to his father, right? That's a normal nature. And even we see Lahabdil, right, when a father is not treating his son the right way, right? It's still, the child still wants that approval from his father. Right, even if it's in a in a situation where it's like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? An abusive situation. The child still wants his father. Why? Because it's inherently in the child. That's the way he was created to want the father, to want to be close to the father. That's just a normal. That's a normal situation. So even though it might be like if you look at it from from. Uh, uh, from a, a you know from a point of view that's saying like wait a minute look at how this father is treating this child he's totally abusing the child there's all these terrible things nevertheless the child wants the ch- wants the father's love why because that's his nature what's right what no he wants chayfet. he wants ma'od he wants very much. Chafetz is a rotson with a with a with a tainug involved. Has a has a he's a tainug in in being close to his father. Yeah. And he's very afraid of something that's going to make him distant from him. Right? He's very afraid of that. Right? So similarly, there is nishamas, there are natural nishamas, a level of ava v'kir v'lalukus. So just like a, a human father and son has this relationship, we also have this relationship with Hashem, because Hashem is our father. This is the relationship, this is what we have. V'yar mikol chas v'shalom. Right? And therefore... He's afraid of anything that's going to cause him to have distance. Chas v'shalom. V'yimkein l'cha'ira eina muvan. If that's the case, l'cha'ira, it's not understood. Mashayich v'zeh b'chiras ha'seichel. So why do I need b'chiras ha'seichel? Mi'achar shehu inyan tivi b'nafesh. Right, it's already something that's naturally implanted, right, minted, like we've been talking about, in the nafesh. This is who the person is. This is who the person is. So why do I need it? I should be able to push a button and immediately I have Avas Hashem. Push another button, immediately Yiras Hashem. Hashem needs Avalav. Right? Hashem is constantly standing on top of me. I should be able to do that without any meditation. Nevertheless, that's the opposite of what this, what this paragraph is telling me. What this paragraph is telling me, in order that I should really experience these emotions, I need to be misbinded on it. Why? That's my nature. Do I need to be misbinding on this chocolate? <laughs> right? No. Right? Well, I guess if you are misbinding on it, then you'll, you'll appreciate it much more. You know, that's the way it is. So you should go to room uh, B. Yeah, sure. Hold the vav. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Why is this even like a question? It seems like it's pretty obvious that... 
The Nebuchadnezzar Kavis is not in control for most people. Okay, in Hachinami. So, we have to make it make sense of the Nefesh Bahamas. That's who the meditation is for. So we're going to say that it's for the Nefesh Bahamas. That's what that's what Isaac answers. Okay, let's see if the Rebbe Shab. And yeah, it's also that we all it's, it's Mr. Terrace. It's not if it's not on a you have to bring it to. Well, why is it Mr. Terrace? That's what he's saying. Is okay. it Mr. Terrace because of the Nefesh Bahamas? Yeah. Right. Can't you do that even with your father? That the, you want his approval, want his love, because you are you already spent a lot of time with him. So that is. Okay, you could. Why, why don't we answer it a little bit differently? We could say even with the father, that the bottom line is is that not necessarily are people walking around thinking about I want to be close to my father. Right? I don't know if anyone thought that thought this morning when they woke up, or nevertheless, nevertheless, it doesn't mean that they don't have it. You saying with Hashem? No, with your physical father. Oh. In other words, the fact is, is there a chisaron in, 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 in every individual here that they didn't think from the time they woke up till now that I really want to be close to my father? I don't know if that's a chisaron. Right. So, so the question is, but not necessarily are you feeling it. So, so I'll go back to Isaac's question. I don't understand the question. Yeah, go ahead, Teva. Not that I don't understand Isaac's question. I'm saying that Isaac is saying I don't understand the Rebbe Rashab's question. Yeah. Sure, we're a very open society here. Or what's the other option? Okay, well, that's also what's good for it. Right, right. But that is, so wanting what's good for Hashem is what's good for it also. It's like because the Nefesh looks at itself as being part of Hashem, right? An expression of Hashem, you could say. So, yeah, I mean, the Nefesh Bahamias, you see, this is the key to the whole story. It's going to be the Nefesh Bahamias wants what's best for it. Right? In, other, in other words, the Nefesh Bahamias. Um, that's what we talk about in uh, where is it? In the end of chapter nine and the beginning of chapter ten, to a certain extent, we just had in in, in Kritas recently this idea of the begadim tsayim. You saw those words. Mm-hmm. Most people are very confused by those words, and they just figure it's dealing with something dealing with the levushim, but it's very different. It's a very different idea. You know what the begadim tsayim are? The soil garden. Yeah. Okay. No, that's exactly what I. That's exactly what they're not. Right, that's what I was saying. That they're not. Most people think of them as being levushim, but they're not. He throws these words in there. In it the can't end be levushim of, based on what it's been saying. Right. So, what exactly are begadim tsayim? So, the way I like to um, muscle that I like about, to use for this is, if you can imagine, um, a person goes to uh, CVS and buys himself a pair of sunglasses. And the sunglasses are like rose-colored sunglasses. So all of a sudden, he's going to see the whole world with a rose-colored tint. That's what's happening, right? But let's say that you were able to sort of scratch off that rose coloring. So what's going to happen is all of a sudden, he's going to see everything in a clear way with the colors the way they are. That's exactly what's happening with the begotten. Exactly. That is, I don't know if you could say exactly, but <coughs> that's a similar idea with the God Himself. The Nefesh Bahamis, yeah, the Nefesh Bahamis comes into this world, it has a power, a Kayach right? The Kayach of wanting. 
right? The koyach of desire, right? So what does it desire? Well, it desires what the tint is. So the tint in Olam Hazar Gashmi is Gashmi's, right? In other words, he wants a nice new car, a nice new house, delicious food, nice new clothing, he wants money, he wants uh, all different things that are constantly being put in front of his face that this is what's good for me. And he thinks, right, he's constantly being taught, you know, well, if I will just get this car, then I'll be really happy. If I would just go to this restaurant, then I'll be really happy. If I could just buy this clothing, then I'll be really happy. If I could just watch this movie, I'll be really happy. <coughs> and he keeps on trying. Because that's what the Nefesh Bahamis really wants. He wants what's good for me. Right? He take this beautiful, delicious food. He said, this looks delicious. I definitely want to eat it. Right? That's the desire. All of a sudden, someone says, wait, wait, don't eat that. It's arsenic. There's arsenic in it. All of a sudden, what happened? He doesn't want the food anymore. But it looks so delicious. Nothing's happened. It's not like someone went in and put a bunch of mud on top of it or something like that. No, but there was a piece of information that said, if I eat this food, I'm going to die. God forbid. Right? That, all, that information changed this, the whole story. So the Begad and Tsayim are just these, it's the natural outlook of the Gashmistic world. Atzadik, on the other hand, has gotten rid of those begadim sayim. So he's able to see through and recognize that buying a new car is not going to give him happiness. Buying a new house is not going to give him happiness. Uh, eating a, a, a you know, uh, chocolate fudge sundae or whatever is not, is not going to give him happiness. You know, that this is, not, this is not what is going to be meaningful. This is not what is here in this world for, etc., etc. So all of a sudden, the Tzadik has a number one, depending on the level of tzaddik, like we've been learning in Tritas recently, right? Depending on the level. So a tzaddik that's halfway, you know, tzaddik she'en galmar, and there's many, many levels of it, obviously, right? Is going to not necessarily, he's not going to want that, you know, food, right? But he's not necessarily going to be disgusted by it either. It's just like, you know, it's not for me. I'm not, I'm not disgusted by it. <clears throat> like your Panda Express now, I mean, that's like, not kosher food. Here we're talking about even kosher food. It's not that you're disgusted by it. It's just that you're not interested in it. It's not like what like it's like you're gonna walk right past that restaurant and you're not gonna have any havamina to like eat anything. It's like okay, whatever, you know, fine. Atzadik gamor has gotten to the point that that food is disgusting for him. Or even kosher food could be disgusting if it's a taiva, right? It's a different thing. It's a different approach. It's only <clears throat> when it when it's a taiva, bichlal that gashmi sticker things are not are something that is disgusting if it because he recognizes that this is acting as a block for Hashem. If it's acting as a klipa, as a block for Hashem, it's a problem. When it's not a klipa for Hashem, then it, then it's good. It's when it's kedusha, right? That's the idea. Anyway, back to our question here. So why are we asking this question? It seems pretty clear. Vahagam, agam means what? What is it, Agam? What does it mean? What does it mean? Implied question. Here comes the implied question. That this who is it referring to? It seems like it's referring to the Nishama. The way it's descended down here below. And it's becoming clothed in a body, in a Nefesh Bahamis. 
because the neshama upstairs, what does that phrase mean? That this neshama, the way it's standing, the way it is in front of Hashem upstairs, right in front of Hashem, is like in a state of standing, a state of bittel, totally knows what's going on, right? Like it says, right? That we know that the neshama upstairs is constantly standing in a state of avayira, always. Excuse me, on it. Exactly like what Isaac said, right? We don't have we don't have to teach the neshama upstairs. That's true. So clearly, it seems to be talking about the neshama downstairs. Who the so is it, it's not on the animal soul? It's, it it's on the neshama as it's in the animal soul. It looks like it. That's what he's saying here. The nefesh like, goes through, I guess, change. What's the difference? Oh, very interesting. Does it go, does it go through a change? Very good point. Did you get that? That was a very important point that Isaac brought up. So are we now saying that the nefesh the way it is downstairs is different than the nefesh of upstairs? Is it just because it's surrounded by the nefesh of Bahamias? Or it does the nefesh lokis itself wind up changing? Two possibilities, right? Are you, are you hearing the two possibilities? Can I join your conversation? No. Okay, sorry. Okay, so it's two possibilities here, right? That what number one possibility is that it's really the same nefesh lokis is upstairs. It's just that the nefesh bahamis and the body are covering over it, and therefore it's not able to, so to speak, feel itself the, in the same way. Or maybe we could say that the Nefesh Elokis itself has done some sort of metamorphosis. <clears throat> and now it's like a little bit different. Right? When we say the word mislabish, what does that mean? That there's changes in exterior. There's nothing new. Is that what it means? What does mislabish mean? What's another, what's another phrase for mislabish? What, what's another phrase? Gilui. Gilui is his labshus, right? Labshus is gilui. Isn't it the opposite? What? When you're putting on clothes, that's the opposite of gilui. It's mislabish in something. It's, it's gilui. Gilui. And gilui means what? Gilui means that what happens? Three points. Remember I told you, Rabbi yeah. Paul Thiel's three points of gilui. Number yeah, so one. Change itself into number one, that there is a mechabal. Number two. To the level of the macabre. It has to be in the language of the macabre. And number three, therefore... Uh, Mishpia changes. changes. Interesting idea. So are we really saying here that maybe the Nefesh Elokis is doing some sort of change? Is there some sort of impact on the Nefesh Elokis as well? Right? Okay, so let's stop here. Oh. And so what we'll do is, please, please, please do Hazara. And also please do... Uh, a little bit looking forward.